What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another, another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. Going to go into a just midweek news recap of just kind of all your major uh, stories that are circulating in the business and um, political realm. Uh, we're going to cover the new release of the iPhone 11, kind of the news from the Wall Street perspective pertaining to Apple. Also, we're going to cover uh, the U.S. economy and some of its uh, dropping points and just some things that's affecting the Labor Department. Also going to get into the releasing of the IPO by Smile Direct Club. This is an interesting IPO, an interesting stock relief that uh, if you're an investor out there, you might want to look into. And then some of the updates in Chicago politics. It's going to be an amazing time. I look forward to connecting with you on It Is What It Is. Man, we need to work on some of the music loops. I'm uh, going to get to um, Apple. That's an interesting thing. Just just be some added music. Some like Jay-Z. Just different musical uh, loop introductions. So getting into an interesting uh, development out of Apple. Apple is set to release their iPhone 11. A Wall Street analyst article. Amazing article written by Michael Bloom. Wall Street analyst are pleasantly surprised after Apple has unveiled some very aggressive pricing alongside of updates of the company's signature products. Uh, The tech giant announced that the iPhone 11 will be priced at $699, while the company's new streaming service, Apple TV, would be at an amazing low price of $4.99 per month. Shares of Apple uh, are expected to increase, or are not expected, but have increased uh, over 2%, 2.72% to $222.60 in midday trading. The lower pricing is the main surprise for this increase, according to Barclays analyst Tim Long. Uh, the biggest surprise is the $4.99 per month uh, monthly subscription for Apple TV with a free one-year subscription if customers purchase the new Apple device. This is reasonable pricing given the smaller number of programs available during the first year and should help gain an elite, or not an elite, but an initial audience base for its content. Uh, Expectations were so low that Apple's announcements made compelling arguments. So some of my thoughts on this. uh, First, let's start with the releasing of a new phone. It seems like it's just more, I get it, bigger, stronger, faster, right? New technologies develop. Your phone has to be more than just a device to communicate between human beings. It has to be uh, an extension of your lifestyle. It has to be a marketing tool, a business tool, a social tool, a financial tool. It has to be everything but a phone. Uh, So I have no qualm with uh, the new releasing of the 11. I don't even have any qualm with the price. These phones are gradually becoming more expensive because more technology is uh, placed inside of it. And you want to increase a higher return on investment and a higher price point does that. Uh, That's simple. Uh, In conjunction with the $4.99 per month, the Apple subscription is really a target and a play against Netflix. If you release this lower thing and you can provide sustainable content, it can now sway the middle. You're always going to have uh, hard Netflix users and other streaming services. But if you can pull and say, hey, you know, instead of Netflix and Hulu, we can offer the same thing at a lower price. It makes you think. 
And then all of a sudden, if you're a creator out there and you want to put content and you can partner with Apple, it's just a great thing. One of the cool things about uh, free markets or easy entrance into markets or easier entrance into markets is that it affects the price favorably for consumers because you have options. There's not a dominating force or entity that just kind of controls uh, the height, the the length, the width, and the breadth of everything. Uh, And with uh, the introduction of Apple TV, it's going to make Netflix, it's going to make Hulu, it's going to make YouTube, uh, Hubo, I'm trying to think of the other ones, uh, or is it Fubo? There's so many like minor ones now. Uh, but these streaming platforms and services to really up their game to understand that content is king and pricing uh, is the victory. You can't just um, have this great content provider but charge cable prices. Uh, vice versa, you can't um, have you know this great streaming platform and not have the technology to support it. If Apple could emphatically get into you know wireless being a wireless provider uh and and really do it that way and you could switch and wouldn't have to pay out to the you know the comcast of the world that would really change the game but uh up and up this is a great buy and it's great to note that the stock value and liquidity of apple is increasing um this is something that you know as an investor you might want to take a look at it's something that might be of interest uh something to get good or to get in on before you know something like it breaks and it goes to 500 dollars a share uh but a strong move for apple moving on to the u.s economy um the U.S. producers are price. The prices have unexpectedly risen in the month of August. For U.S. producers, prices uh, unexpectedly rose in August, underlining producer prices rebounded. Uh, but data uh, has not or will not change financial market expectations that the Federal Reserve will cut interest rates again next week to support a slowing economy. The Labor Department said its producer price index for final demand edged up 0.1% last month as a jump in the cost of services offset the largest drop in the price of goods in seven months. That followed a 0.2% gain in July. In 12 months through August, the PPI advanced 1.8% after increasing 1.7% in July. Economists have polled by Reuters forecasted that the PPI would be unchanged in August. And it rise 1.7% on a year-on-year-on basis, excluding the volatile food, energy, and trade services. Components producers' prices have jumped 0.4% last month after dipping 0.1% in July, the first decline since October 2015. The so-called core PPI climbed 1.9% in the 12 months through August after increasing 1.7% in July. The Fed, which has a 2% annual inflation target, tracks the core personal consumption expenditures price index for monetary policy. The reality is, I know that sounds like a lot, but uh, the reality is the U.S. economy, because of the uh, war with China, the trade war with China, uh, is negatively impacting um, just our overall economy. But it's not that. I mean, there's, there's a myriad of tangibles You've had 10 years of 
consistent growth. And like anything, you know, there's a tapering off. Uh, I don't see a mass scale recession. I think it's uh, avoidable if proper measurements uh, get implemented. I don't think lowering the interest rates to zero or, you know, or lower is, is I think that's more of a Band-Aid um, uh, application. But if if there's more of a conservative or I would say taking kind of the hard tariff or kind of trade rules and increase free trade throughout the world, encourage global partnerships and, and competitions and make sure that there's sustainable uh, increases in, in just jobs and the focus, uh, you will have, I think, continued growth. So a slowdown is not the worst of it. And because of this, these are why, or this is why uh, the prices are uh, ever increasing. Um, but it is a indicator and a tell sign that something has to be done. Um, there has to be an added focus on making sure that the jobs that are also are, all, are also created uh, creates a true ability to create uh, prosperity, wealth, uh, not just $15 an hour, not just survival mode, but actual growth. Uh, so the focus on growth and doing this that will benefit all versus uh, a small minority of some, of, of an elite some, uh, should be the focus. But this is to be expected. This is pretty typical. Uh, nothing alarming uh, in this report, uh, but something to definitely keep an eye on. All right, shifting focus to an interesting investment opportunity. Smile Direct Club is... Uh, Set to release his IPO. Great article written by Leslie Picker. Uh, Smile Direct Club is pricing its IPO at $23 per share. According to a person familiar with the offering, the IPO values Smile Direct Club at $8.9 billion. Smile Direct Club plans to start trading Thursday, September the 12th on the NASDAQ. The online dentistry company Smile Direct Club priced its IPO at $23 per share, topping the company's initial projections. The offering raises $1.3 billion and values the online industry at over $8 billion. Uh, Smile Direct Club has sold 58.5 million shares um, at the same time and as originally projected. The startup, which was founded in 2014, sells teeth aligners directly to consumers on its website and its Smile Shop starting at $1,895 for a two-year plan. Founders Alex Finkel and Jordan Katzman want to disrupt the orthodontist industry with less expensive teeth straightening treatments, convenience, and splashy television and social media advertisements. The company's reported $423.2 million in sales last year, a 190% increase from the $146 million reported in 2017. Great thing. I always like to see companies grow. I always like to see companies uh, enter into new levels of growth. Uh, go into the IPO phase, which is great because if you can get in early on on Sirius A, B uh, funding, you know, there's really that's where you capitalize most of your gains. But also, uh, if you catch it just in the early onset, which means you have to hold the stock for a while until, you know, it sells or mergers or whatever type of great volatility happens that increases the price of the original purchase thing times the quantity that you purchased it times the earned uh, or, or retained earnings from which. Uh, these stocks hold if they do issue out a dividend. Um, so it's, it's, it's great all around. Uh, I think this is a, 
a, a good buy, a, a decent buy. Uh, I'm not a professional stock picker, but I would like to see an ETF with this uh, combined. I'm, I'm probably more comfortable in that an exchange traded fund. But uh, Smile Direct Club, like I said, his IPO is about to release tomorrow. Uh, maybe not want to buy it on the first day. That might be, you know, temptation to just yeah, buy it at its highest. I'd probably wait a week to see kind of what it does. Uh, but I don't see this falling off like a green sky. I think uh, it's a sustainable project, uh, product. I think the need for uh, more options and less expensive or orthodontic options is, is there and more convenient. This stuff comes to your home. You can, um, you know, do the process and whatnot. So I, I think from top to bottom, it seems like uh, this is a company that's going to be here for a while. Uh, so something that you should definitely look into. Some news, a couple of things that are impacting Illinois and Chicago as a whole. Uh, according to Cranes Magazine, article entitled The Scorched Earth, Illinois soybean growers says that lost market share due to the trade war in China uh, will not come back uh, due to this trade war. Is bringing back memory, reminiscence of the embargo placed on the Soviet Union, uh, which banned it from buying uh, U.S. wheat. Then Russia then ramped up domestic production and transformed into an exporter. Nearly four decades later, Russian wheat undercuts prices for the U.S. crop on the world market. Uh, some of my thoughts... Uh, Unfortunately, like stated before, because of the increase in tariffs, because of the ongoing trade war, Main Street is starting to feel the effects of it. Uh, it has not shown up in Wall Street yet, but for the worker, for the everyday doer, um, the person that gets the product, you know, uh, gets it from the sailor. It's not sailor, but seller uh, has to cultivate it. The person that goes through the chain logistics operation of any entity, uh, they're the ones that are filling the brunt end of the effect first. Um, and the problem is because we have not developed a replacement as well, something to subsidize, not just subsidize, but to compete so that we can take uh, uh, pressure off the internal and external need, um, this is what happens. Uh, I don't, I think the tariffs obviously have gone too far. Uh, it should not have been something that it should have even been uh, diplomatically uh, suggested without a lot of research and strategic thinking. It was not a good move. Um, it's not something that you just, just do because, and I get the need to increase u.s economic activity activity i get the need to protect u.s markets and to make it more competitive i get the need to also place some type of measurement upon um companies and, and foreign entities that go into u.s markets without aiding u.s companies and u.s consumers uh, in the most beneficial way uh, however now the fallout from all of that uh, when you tote with measures uh, that have not been empirically tested uh, is starting to take effect. Uh, so 
the next move has to be the ending of the tariffs, renegotiations with all these countries, um, and getting a sustainable plan that will increase productivity for all. I don't think any country can operate independently or see itself as an island within itself. Global economy, yes, must first start locally, but it all should feed into each other somehow. Uh, and I think you have to present or to bring like-minded individuals together to understand how that works. Uh, it's a process, it's a very delicate process, uh, but we do not need uh, farmers, we do not need um, co- local businesses uh, being negatively affected by foreign affairs. And that's just the truth of it. Chicago is considering a congestion tax. Uh, Now, this is not a new concept, uh, but city officials are considering implementing a congestion tax on vehicles to increase revenue uh, for transportation for roads and to decrease traffic. Uh, This has been done in um, cities like Singapore, London, Stockholm, and New York. The problem uh, with this proposed tax is a few reasons. A, uh, to a Midwesterner and to an Illinoisan and a Chicagoan like myself, not another tax, Uh, (laughs) first and foremost. Uh, But to even go deeper into that, uh, the problem is that the roadways are under state-controlled operation and would be ran if this tax was implemented by an independent operator, meaning that the city's revenue would be scarce. So even if you implement this tax, uh, the majority of its proceeds would not go to aiding and benefiting the city at all. The other problem is, is that the state's lockbox amendment stipulates that transportation revenues must be spent on transportation projects. So if you have an $883 million uh, budget problem and the majority of that budget problem is due to pensions this cannot go to that and so the majority of that problem will never be touched the proceeds can never be utilized uh, because of this amendment uh, so now you have a political structural change that either needs to occur or it needs to be abided by so basically you would place more economic uh, scrutiny on Individual, yes, it would decrease traffic. Yes, it would. Mm-hmm. It, it would definitely decrease traffic. So now you got to pay to enter into the city. Um, it would decrease a lot of things, but it could also negatively negatively affect uh, car sales. Uh, it can also negatively affect uh, the need to go into the city. And the other thing is, the transportation around the city of Chicago, public transportation, is not improved. Uh, the reason why people sit in traffic for two hours is because it is safer, faster, and more efficient than the bus. Um, Especially when you're dealing with the elements of the highly volatile uh, Chicago weather. Uh, Safer than the red line, the green line, the blue line. You know, like, why, uh, when you can just get in a car? And and if you have not, if you don't have a system in place that people can jump on public transportation efficiently, effectively, and safely, Placing a tax to decrease congestion and increase revenue would seem, it, it's its not even a band-aid, it's just like pouring salt on a wound. What you will emphatically do is drive people away from the city because the city will be, uh, basically, it seems like on lockdown, it would seem like it would be on uh, a self-preservation mode without any real strategy or game plan. 
I think the biggest way you can tackle the issue with traffic is you first have to perfect and modernize public transportation. It has to be a combination between private and public. I mean, if you could have personal pods uh, that would pick you up from your living quarters uh, to your desired destination and it be taxed and that tax goes to the city. Um, A, B, uh, you fix the public transportation, but also making more highways, making more uh, driving alternatives, making the train, making the metro train uh, better, stronger, faster, you know, Uh, making it so that I can live an hour and a half outside of the city or two hours into the city within 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes max. Uh, If you want to tackle the issue of budgeting, then unfortunately at this juncture, you almost have to scrap everything and start over. And that just might be a deeper, uh, I won't say ideological question, but it might be just a deeper political question as a whole. We want to move Chicago forward. Chicago has, like any city, it's, own issues, uh, but what is the best way to do that, right? Uh, and that is not, you can't take the attitude that the best way to do everything is to put a tax on it. You do have to take the attitude that the best way to do it is to understand what effectively feeds it and how do we grow in a healthy way uh, what makes the city great and decrease what makes the city bad and eliminate and make sure that we're solving things holistically and systemically and uh institutionally not just legislatively and i think when you can address the issues of the city and all of its uh all of its grandeur that is kind of the i would say mindset going forward that you would need and that's kind of the outcome that will be expected now kind of going over the case studies of cities that have already implemented this congestion tax so singapore implemented it in 1975 Charges in the central business district, charges run from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. can go up to $2 per crossing. And the city's frequently shifts charging locations and amounts as traffic evolves. The expressway's rates run during the morning rush with extra outbound charges on only one of the freeways at night. Express rates can run up to $4. They do it by cars have to be outfitted with an in-vehicle unit on the dashboard and smart card with fares stored on it. Overhead toll gantries display rates and deduct from the smart cards automatically. London does this. They implemented this in 2003. The city has a flat weekday charge of roughly $14 to enter into the 13 square mile zone between 7 a.m. and 6 p.m. That means after 7, things are free, which is good. So it allows for nightlife to actually happen. Taxis are exempt. Uh, so that would be debatable between Uber and other ride shares if you consider them a legal taxi service. And the city only recently closed a loophole that allowed companies like Uber to operate without paying the fee. Drivers who live within the zone are registered and get a 90% discount on personal vehicles. So it doesn't place a lot of added uh, weight onto your city residents. They do it by cameras, automatically register cars by reading license plate numbers. The city also has overhead tow gantries, pavement markings, and street signs. Stockholm. Implemented this in 2007, charges drivers to pay a different rate for entering and exiting a roughly 13-square-mile area, uh, depending on weekday traffic between 6.30 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. The highest single charge is about $4. 
They do it stock home benefits from a limited number of entry points at waterways and bridges where it can scan driver licenses plates mm-hmm. or license plate with a reader. It has 18 such points that charges in both directions with gantries and license plate readers. Drivers are sent a monthly bill. Now, that's interesting. What if you go default? Uh, so the legal ramifications of not paying is they're debt collecting. Uh, is it a credit? It, I, I think that raises a lot of uh, uh, ethical questions. New York has passed it and it will be implemented in 2021. The city has approved but not implemented uh, congestion pricing for drivers entering a zone from 60th Street South in Manhattan. Fees will be charged electronically. Charges are likely to exceed $10 per car, 25 per trucks during peak hours. The New York Times reported New York already tacked on charges for riders and taxis cents, and transportation network providers like Uber and Lyft at $275 for trips that start in, finish in, or pass through Manhattan. It can be done. You need the technology to do it. You need the um, boots on the ground. You need the monitoring zones. Uh, it's almost like a tollway in, in the sense you need to make sure these vehicles register. And if you could somehow get around the uh, amendment, uh, the lockbox amendment, or make an amendment to that amendment, <laughs> um, you could effectively use this revenue to counteract the negative uh, budget that Chicago has. Uh, and it can be beneficial and it's something that does need to be looked into. Um, but what you don't want to do is you don't want to scare away traffic. You don't, or not traffic, but people coming in the city. You don't want to scare away tourism. You don't want to scare away the attraction of the city. Uh, you do want to make sure that the city is benefiting from being used. And that's understandable. Uh, but you don't want to make it so that it's a have versus have not situation. Uh, because I think if there's already an economic divide, this could widen that. Uh, but definitely something you need to look into, something that the city needs to look into, something that needs to be done on a test sting phase only. But if you are going to do it, and therefore, I don't know, having cars with you know units in it, or do you, to me, it seems like a toll. Well, I mean, if you take the streets or residents, it, to effectively implement this would be difficult. Uh, and then how much do you want to do? The $4 a day, single charge. I mean, people are like, well, it's only $4. Maybe times four times 30 or times four times 365. That adds up. What about a dollar a day? You know, like, because if it's a dollar a day, people will fill it, but it's, you know, harder to, you know, uh, I guess kind of go against the the grain with the dollar. Um, the real question is, how do you create revenue without placing almost a penalty system upon your residents? And to me, that is the deeper philosophical question. All right, everybody, thank you for another episode. Thank you for tuning in to It Is What It Is podcast. I'm your host, Cody Kelly. You can connect with me at Twitter, Cody's Life One, Instagram, at CVMK33, CVK on uh, YouTube. I got some things coming out, some new publishing. Also, working on finishing up my second book. There's just a lot that's coming up. 2020 is going to be an exciting time, and I plan to have a lot for you guys. But until next time, thanks.